Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Walking Point. I am your host, Cindy Skalicki, with On Point Communications. And on Walking Point's episodes, I'm walking and we're talking about things you can do to improve your messaging skills. Today I wanted to tell a story about, um, you know, the pitch environment and <clears throat> that Q&A session that you might end up getting. Last week I was on a call and one of my clients was pitching. It was an investor pitch, but this really does apply for sales pitches that you might do where there's time at the end for discussion or Q&A. Maybe you're on a panel at a conference or you're speaking at a conference or you have a workshop section you're presenting and there's that extra slot of time for Q&A. Well, what happened here, because it was on a Zoom call is the speakers who came in and out of the room, they had no visuals at all of their audience members. The organizers, for you know obvious reasons and good reasons, didn't allow the speaker to view the little squares on the screen to show who was in the room and what they were doing. Now, there's good reason to do that, but it also makes your pitch feel... Um, you know, you're kind of in a vacuum when you have that happen. And you get zero feedback from your audience, whether that be nonverbal or, you know, you can't engage them. So you feel like you're behind this black, you know, uh, closet door or something like that. It can be really challenging. Well, what do you do when you get to the Q&A session and... No one asks a question. You know, what do you do? That's what happened to my client. There was a big dead space. Finally, there was one question someone piped in with, and then my client answered that pretty well. And then the same person asked a quick follow-up question. My client answered that. And then there was more dead space, and that was the end. So we talked about it afterward, because there are a few things you really want to be careful of and make sure that you do when you're the speaker and you hit that discussion section, that Q&A session, and you get kind of a sticky situation like that. First things first, before you even pitch, you want to have three to five pocket slides at the end of your slide deck. So what's a pocket slide? A pocket slide is a slide that you wanted to go through in your deck but didn't have enough time to address or it might be extra detail about your market or your customer or something like that. You put these after your closing slide and the function of it is that you can go to that slide if someone asks you a question about it and then you look amazing, right? Because you have maintained this high credibility because you've already thought about the question they might be asking and you have a really nice looking slide to help them contextualize that and it just looks great. The reason you want to limit it to five is so that you don't spend a ton of time scrolling through the back end and it becomes wasteful or looks sloppy. You do need to be savvy at using SlideShare and Zoom in general so it doesn't trip you up, but that's a great strategy. 
Number one, have pocket slides. Number two, if you're met with silence at the beginning of that Q&A session, if you count to 10 in your head and nothing is going on, pipe in. Start talking about something. And usually it's great to say, you know, a lot of people ask us this question. Let me just touch on this. So you bring something into the table and you say, you know, we often get the question X, Y, Z. Here's my answer, A, B, C. Make it short, make it sweet. The point of it is twofold. Number one, touch on something you didn't get to touch on in the pitch. And number two, try to grease the skids for a question to come at you now that you've kind of gotten that session started, that Q&A portion. So hopefully that will have the effect you want it to. Number three, you know, when you're the speaker and you're answering a question, you want to make sure in that virtual channel especially that your answers are really tight. You don't want to go into the weeds too much. You don't want to be overly detailed. You want to respect the fact that other people probably have questions also. And just imagine the organizer and think of the fact that they might be trying to get you three, four, or five more questions in that virtual space. And so it behooves you to keep your answers fairly short so that you don't end up leaving four or five hands raised in the virtual space. This is true too once we resume you know, in-person pitching. It's really important to manage that Q&A session. And really you guys have to just remember that's just an extension of your pitch. Yes, you have a formal five or 10 minute pitch that you have already prepared with certain slides and you know that information backwards and forwards, but you are not done yet, right? You have this great opportunity to continue that credibility building at the end of your pitch when it's time for Q&A session. And that's when you can begin to build those relationships with the question askers. So that is my uh, point for you guys today at Walking Points. And thanks for taking a walk with me on this beautiful fall day. I hope that was helpful. And I'd love to hear more from you in the comments. What kinds of questions have tripped you up? What kinds of situations have you run into that were tricky? Let me know in the comments and stay tuned for another episode of Walking Points coming up soon.